You're listening to the Morning Punchin' Show with RBNJ live and direct from more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Good morning, everybody. We are back. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punchin' Show, the most unpredictable, honest, and authentic morning boxing talk show in the game, today is Monday, January 9, 2017. Our special guest today on the hotline bling will be no other than Lou DiBella himself. He's going to help us preview this weekend's fights in Brooklyn and hopefully give us some word on the curve and some updates on the New York insurance laws. Uh, let me properly bring on my partner in crime, the creator and founder of BadCulture.net and contributor to for BlackSportsOnline.com, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? Good morning, everybody, and it's great to be back in 2017. It's all stormy here in Los Angeles, but after a week off, you know, I missed you guys. I missed RB. Well, we talk every day, but I missed you guys, the listeners, and doing a morning punching show, ready to kick off 2017 right with a lot of energy, a lot of great shows, and delivering this wish list. If you know us, you know it's not the traditional wish list, so ready to get going this Monday morning. How about you, RB? Uh, I'm ready. We're going to bring it this year in 2017. Uh, We got some really big plans and ideas um, for some shows for you guys that should be really, really phenomenal. But we are in 2017. And on the real, 2016 wasn't a great year for the sport of boxing. I'd probably give it like a C plus, Jay. How would you grade boxing in 2016? After coming off with such the a high of fights in 2015, eh, I agree. I, I agree with you. It was a little bit better than average. I'd say about a C plus B minus. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So there were just too many irrelevant fights. Some showcases that were unnecessary. Some of the biggest fights in boxing that could have been made weren't made. Peds was truly an epidemic in 2016. Mm -hmm. There was fighters popping dirty left and right. It was just super prevalent in 2016. So this morning, RB&J, we're going to share our boxing wish list with you guys for 2017. Things that we want to see happen in the next upcoming 12 months. The lines are open. We also want to take some wishes from you guys. So call 718-508-9852. Press 1 to give us some of your boxing wishes for this year. So, ready, Jay? I think we should punch in. Let's do it. All right. I think I'd like to hear from you first, Jay. Why don't you give us a few of your boxing wishes? Okay. Well, let's start off 2017 right. We love the sport. We want the best for the sport. So let's start off with my first wish for 2017 is that we never, ever, ever see screaming Stephen A. Smith call a fight ever, ever again. I appreciate the the desire to reach a broader audience and maybe by putting a controversial name into the broadcast team that might have brought a different consumer than before, but nah. I never, ever want to hear that train wreck ever again. Horrible. Terrible. That's number one. Number two, please, please. Well, that's kind of impossible since we already know a few fights already, but let us cut back on the pay-per-view fights every year. People are poor out there. The economy is down. Let's have every, every network pick one fight 
that they really want to get behind and make one pay-per-view event per year and make that and sink all the energy and the resources into that one fight and have other fights be on regular premium cable. People are already paying for premium cable and then pay-per-view on top of that. So pick one big pay-per-view per year. Just change that whole model. Another wish, I probably will never, ever get this wish, but please, WBA, can we cut down on some of these frivolous belts? The, the, the regular champion, the super champion, the intermediate champion, the Inglewood champion, but they're all welterweights. Can we cut down on some of the belts? So that's one of my wish. I mean, I could go on, RB. You want to jump in here and get some of your wishes? or Because I could keep ranting and ranting and ranting for <laughs> the next five minutes. Um, I, I'd like for the boxing media this year to get along better, especially yes. on social media. I mean, yes. stop being petty. Who broke what story first? Give me the credit. I did that. You ugly. You broke. I mean, the boxing media, come on. There was a time back in the day where many old-timers would tell me that after the fight, the boxing media used to love getting together, hanging out at the bar, drinking some whiskey and scotch, and talking about the fight. Well, in today's boxing media, Nobody even gets along. They can't even have a beer together. So let's try to get along this year and cut back on the selfies with the boxers. Y'all are grown-ass men taking these crazy selfies with boxers. RB and J don't even do that. Nope. Nope. And they'll come sit right with us. No, no, no more. No mas. No mas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you take a pic, that's cool. But come on, man, too many selfies. Um, another wish that I have for 2017 is for Adrian Broner to stay out of trouble, to stay <laughs> out of jail, to really just get himself together. Um, another wish of mine is for a clean sport. I mentioned earlier, <laughs> PEDs were rampant in 2016. Fighters were popping dirty. We need a stronger drug testing sport. We need VADA testing implemented all around the board. So I, I'm really, really serious about that. I would love for a clean sport this year. I would love to see Friday night fights come back. Mm. Man, who who don't miss Friday night fights? We needed something, like a little bridge into the weekend. I miss Friday night fights, too. We could get some epic, epic, epic Teddy Atlas rants, if nothing else. And how many guys that we like now did we see get jump-started on Friday night fights? I miss it, too. Man. Um, I'd love to see Top Rank and Al Heyman really do business together this year, not just when desperate times call for desperate measures. So not just when Top Rank can't find a dance partner for, you know, like a Terrence Crawford or someone like that. I really would like to see them work more together straight up and down because there are some really good matches that could be made between both stables. Uh, I'd like to see Victor Ortiz seek AA. He was arrested mm. again the other day on the DUI. This is like his second DUI arrest in the past like six, nine months. Love to see him enroll in AA. I'd love for Gary Russell Jr. to buy a personality this year. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that that's pretty much my wish list. Oh, I would love to see women's boxing continue evolving. We saw some women's fights in 2016 that made it on TV, that made it on pay-per-view undercards. And they pretty much stole the show. So I hope to see more of that in 2017. What else you got, Jay? 
I say this with all due respect because y'all know I got nothing but love for these two guys. Number one, I want Roy Jones Jr. to retire for real, for real. Please, Roy, please. You know I love talking to you. You are great. I love you on the broadcast desk. Your personality is popping. Your sense of humor is fantastic. But your days of fighting are behind you. No more. No more Roy Jones Jr. in 2017. Let's wrap it up after this next fight. Number two, I want Bernard Hopkins to remain retired. B-Hop, mm-hmm. no. Don't wake up next week <laughs> because you are a guy who is in shade. No one's disputing that. Please stay retired. No more. No more. Please, no more. Take Shannon Briggs with you, too. Let Shannon Briggs focus on motivational speaking. I saw a story out there about he might get a fight with David Hay. No, silver gloves, people. Let's just stay retired and, and enjoy it and motivate the youth. Another wish I have, it's never going to happen, and it would be great, but no. I just want Jim Lampley to have a sick day on one of these fight nights. I want to experience an (laughs) HBO fight without Jim Lampley. I want to see a a different mix. I want to see Max, Roy, and somebody. I don't know who. I'm not trying to get Jim Lampley fired like I could, but just a different energy. For once, on an HBO broadcast, something I've never seen before in my fighting fan lifetime. And stop crying so much, Jesus. So that's about <laughs> it. Crying. I could think, I could think of some more. I could go on and on, but I definitely want to know what the listeners are wishing for 2017. Yeah. Do we have anybody in the queue that'd be willing to come on? And they don't have to be funny or sarcastic. We actually have some really serious wish list items that we're going to share with you as well. But you know how we get down. Uh, is there anybody willing to share some of their wishes with us for 2017? Yeah. Press one. Yeah, we have people in the queue. I see you, 916-773. Come on now. Dare to be great and share your boxing wish list. <laughs> what I what I will share is somebody just tweeted us, Zombomani80 says uh, they wish that Boxing boxers and promoters give the fans the best fights and not and not just worry about money mm. like the old days. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I I agree with that. I think that this year needs to be a really big year for boxing. The must see fights must be made. If not, boxing will continue to fade. It is fading. For those that saying it's not, it is. Promoters have to respect the ticket buying customers who shell out decent money jay for these fights so i agree i think we have someone in the queue that wants to share their 2017 boxing wish list with us jay bring them on let's bring them on 773-410 you're live with the morning punch and show who is this and where you're calling where are you calling from i'm calling from chicago i'm bo from truth and facts boxing how you girls doing this morning How you ladies doing this morning? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just glad to be here. Another day. Life is good. Another year. How can you be? How can you be mad about that? Amen. That's right. All right. Uh, My wish list, and you you ladies had some wonderful wish lists, but this is my wish wish list. I wish that the fans would stop giving these fighters excuses and accepting their excuses. Because the only reason why we get them is because fans are buying into it. I wish mainstream media would do a, a fair and unbiased job of reporting all of boxing. Not just mm. the fights that they want to see it make sense. 
And I wish these fighters would stop ducking because something don't make sense financially. And because some of the fights, some of the best fights, aren't always going to be a financial game. Those for the financial game will come after that best fight. So right. I wish these I wish these fighters would stop ducking. And my number 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 one wish list is I wish, and I really hate to say this, I wish Manny Pacquiao could retire because as long as he's around. You're going to have guys that's going to try to get these money fights and, and, and Tom mm. Reich is going to continue to have these in-house fights because mm. he's the cash cow. So I wish Manny Pacquiao could retire and stay retired. Oh, and cool. finally, okay. I, wish, I wish all of these fighters, instead of being on Twitter and Instagram, when you're training, train. Train. Oh. And be ready for a fight. That's, a That's good my wish list for 2017. <laughs> wow. So let me let me ask you: Are there any matchups in 2017 that you really, really want to see off the top of your head? If there's a fight out there that you really wish could happen this year, what would it be? Jorge Linares versus Mikey Garcia. Ooh. Um, Robert Easton Jr. Uh, facing Rance, uh, probably going up and facing Rance by Hmm. Uh, and uh, of course, any any heavyweight, any of the top heavyweights, giving Luis Ortiz a shot. I would love to see yeah. any top heavyweight take on Luis Ortiz. That's a good one. Well, listen, thank you so much for calling in. Um, we're going to put you back on the queue. We're going to go ahead and share our matchups that we'd like to see in 2017 next. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank, thank you, you so much. That was good. Yeah, it was. It's stuff see, the there. people are ready. The people are ready. Yes. We want we want to see what's going on in 2017. People are fired up. Yes, and we love talking with our listeners. So, you know, don't be shy. Um, we, we see you in the queue, and we want to hear your wish list, whether it's a matchup, whether it's business-related, whether it's personal, whatever it is, we want to hear your wishes. So, Jay, let's talk about some fights that we would love to see get made in okay. 2017 i'll start off and if you want we'll just take every other one here so okay obviously the biggest matchup that rb and j want to see this year is canelo versus golovkin it Absolutely. is the mega fight to make in boxing in 2017 it would create a lot of interest with mainstream fans and i think it will help the pay-per-view business jay it would. It's a very competitive fight. It's a fight that a lot of people would be familiar with because it's been talked about enough in media that even the fringe fans, maybe in 2017, we'll call them fringe fans instead of casual fans. That fringe fans yeah. would be familiar with, with the name. So that's a good one to kick off. Another fight that RB&J definitely want to see in 2017, Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. We want to see it. They're both on Showtime. It's headed in that direction. Anyway, why make us wait? Why let it marinate? Let's see it in 2017. Would it happen in England? There'd be more money over there, but Wilder's the bigger champion. Is New York ready for a fight like that? I don't know, but it's a great fight. I would love it in 2017. I would love to see that fight, too. A lot of people have been screaming for Deontay Wilder to step up his opposition Although they look at Anthony Joshua as this monster. In his last three fights, his opponents were not killers. They weren't all that great. So I think Wilder and Joshua is a fantastic matchup. I think they're just about equal. Actually, Wilder might have more experience. I think he may have faced tougher guys than Anthony Mm -hmm. Joshua to date. 
Mm-hmm. And has had his chin tested. Oh, yeah. Another fight that we'd like to see in 2017, Adonis Stevenson versus Sergey Kovalev. Two big yes. punchers who cannot stand each other. Literally, they cannot freaking stand each other. Stevenson, he needs a big 2017. He needs a dignifying fight. He needs to do something because his career, to be honest, has been pretty shitty. And yeah. it still is pretty shitty right now. So I think that's a dignifying fight for him, a big fight. They don't like each other. There'd be a lot of hype. We'd want to go to it. Um, that, that's right. I think it's a good matchup. What do you think, Jay? It's a terrific matchup. It's a fight that we've been wanting to see for at least a couple years now. And Adonis Stevenson has managed to hokey pokey around this fight a number of times. We want to see it. And before you jump into our mentions with and the person, if he wanted to see the fight, he, if he wanted to make the fight, he could make the fight. So let's make the fight in 2017. If he got into the ring with Kovalev and he beat Kovalev like he's beat some of his other opposition, I'll have to say, wow, I don't like you as a human being, but in the ring, you are that dude. So let's make it happen in 2017. Another fight that RB and J would like to see in 2017. There's so many good options, but mm-hmm. let's take it back to Omaha. Terrence Crawford versus Manny Pacquiao. Well, take it back to Vegas, really, but let's yeah. see it. Like our last caller just said, he wants Manny Pacquiao to retire so we can stop these money grab fights. Crawford earned that fight. It's a great fight. It's a fight people would want to see. And yeah, Crawford versus Pacquiao, 2017. Yes, RB, yes. Yeah, and it's like, let's just get it over with. You know, for the past year or two, they've been talking about this fight. And for whatever reasons, it don't happen. But Crawford is another one. He needs that coming out party fight. And everybody thought maybe that was going to be Victor Postle. But he made it look so easy that people started calling it boring, you know. So it didn't really do it for him. So he needs that Pacquiao fight. He needs to beat Manny so he could become that next big thing in boxing. That's right. Let's do it. Another matchup that actually Jay came up with on one of our shows is uh, Joe Smith versus Shawnee Monahan, Two Irish kids from Long Island, New York. Put it in Long Island. Makes perfect sense. That fight is great. Irish people put a little pot of gold, you know, have a booth with some beers with like a little rainbow and a pot of gold. Do you know how lit that fight would be on the East Coast with these two dudes against each other? The guys would be out with the the singing and you know how Irish fans get down. That's a great looking fight. It's a great style matchup and, you know, it's a good fight for both of them. Good little money fight. Yep. So. Another fight that we want to see high, high on our wish list, especially to us who live here in Los Angeles, we want Oscar Valdez versus Abner Mares. We want the alligator to come to the ring, or what does he have? The alligator yes. and, a, and a banda. We want the alligator versus the banda. We want it in Los Angeles. That's a hot fight, and they got some good, deep-rooted, bad blood between them. That's a hot fight. Oscar Valdez yes. versus Abner Mares. That we those are two fighters with major featherweight titles. It would be a real attraction, like Jay said, in LA. There is some animosity there. You know, Abner Maurez used to be signed with Frank Espinosa management. He wanted to go to Heyman. There was a pretty nasty breakup there. Valdez wants to get some redemption for his boys. You know, it's it just makes a really good build up and it makes for a really good fight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Another matchup we'd like to see in 2017, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez versus, uh-oh, Jay, help me, Inouye. Yes, Inouye. Very good. Inouye. Inouye. Chocolatito is considered one of the best in the sport. Inouye is probably one of the most lethal fighters in the sport right now. That screams fireworks. That screams fight of the year potential. That's that's just a barn burner. That would be a great, great fight. Again, bring it to Los Angeles. We'd like that here. And finally, before we take it back, you, the listeners and the tweeters, we want to see, of course, Francisco Vargas versus Orlando Salido 2. The Mm -hmm. RB&J 2016 fight of the year. Run it back. Let's get it cracking. Boom, 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 boom. Bombs away. Big blows, big cuts, and a great finish. Run that back indeed. You know, the only reason they didn't run it back, Lee, was because Francisco Vargas, his face was torn up. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike Rodriguez did a phenomenal job on his face, but the kid does have skin issues. He does cut a lot. He swells a lot, and they really wanted to give him time to heal. Now, Orlando Salido and Lomachenko, that fight fell through last week. I don't know if anybody's caught up on that in case you missed it. Apparently, Salido asked for a hefty dollar amount, and Bob Arum said, fine, you got it. And then I guess there were some other things behind the scenes that didn't quite shake out, so that fight fell through. So Salido needs a fight. Vargas has a fight on deck coming up here at the end of the month. So hopefully they can make the rematch soon in the spring. Hopefully. Please bring it here. Please bring it back to L.A. I don't even, if they did it again, they could do a little bit of a bigger arena. I mean, the StubHub is fantastic. I don't know, maybe it belongs back at StubHub, but that fight was so good. You get the right undercard with it. You could put it, you could probably put it at the Forum. Let's do it. Put yeah. it at Inglewood. Oh, the Forum would be great. Yes. yes. So if there's anybody listening uh, that wants to share their wishes with us, please press one so Jay could pick you on up. We'd love to hear some of your wish list items. Um, while we're waiting for Lou DiBello, we could definitely talk about Friday night fights, um, mm. which this Friday on Spike TV, I'm kind of embarrassed to even talk about this card, but <laughs> we're going to do it while we wait for Lou DiBello to call us um, Friday night in the Miami area in Florida on Spike TV. <laughs> we've got is Landy Lara versus Yuri Foreman as the main event. <sighs> Yes, yes, we do. We it, it, it's a fight. When's the last time you reformed fought again? I I don't know, um, but this is what I was t- referring to earlier when I said there were too many showcase fights going on in 2016, too many irrelevant fights that were happening. This is irrelevant. Call it a stay busy fight. Call it a showcase fight. Maybe it's a tune up. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's on Spike TV. And it's really embarrassing. It, I know. Spike Spike did so well at putting fights on. If this fight turns out to be a barn burner, it's still a crap fight. However, if it turns out to be good, then cool. But Spike was doing, had a nice little run there, putting on some real hot, fiery, competitive fights. And this just does not go into that equation. When I think barn burner, I don't think, ooh, Iris Landy Lara versus Yuri Foreman. I don't who who out there likes this fight other than Lara's bank accountant accountant who likes this fight? Yeah, 
Maybe we'll talk to Lou about this. I do believe Yuri Foreman is still his fighter. So sorry for shitting on Yuri too much, Lou. However, it's just I don't know what's next. You know, if if Laura beats Foreman, what does this set Laura up for? I mean, what- nothing. Vacation. <laughs> so Wifey anyway, getting really a nice not- new bag. That's what it sets up. Yeah. She is sharp, too. You can't tell Lars wife nothing. She is sharp. The co-feature is Anthony Durrell versus Norbit Nemesati. Nemesipati. Cricket, cricket, mm-hmm. cricket, cricket. Okay. It's, so, anyway, <laughs> Friday night, you will not catch RB on Twitter. I will be at the Aerie Spears Comedy Show in Phoenix downtown at Stand Up Live. I am not going to spend my Friday night in the house watching Spike TV and you guys know I will watch just about anything I will watch just about anything but Friday night I said no I'm making plans Jay I'm going out no, I know that's right I know you know what maybe I might have to step out too but you know I don't have no life I'll probably be at home we'll see I don't know we'll see maybe I'll be at home maybe <laughs> not depends on how the week goes and then just looking at the the rest of this I mean there's just there's nothing where's Hialeah Florida who out there, if you it, live near Hialeah, Florida listeners, please tell us. <laughs> I want to know where it is. I think it's kind of near Miami, but um, apparently they have a decent Cuban promotion there. If anybody's from that area, let me know how well they've marketed this fight. I'd love to know how many people show up. But, um, okay, on the Good real, 2017 has got to be much greater. The right fights need to get made. Bigger matchups need to get made. We need a cleaner sport, and that's all there is to it. So this weekend, let's talk about the, the fights on Showtime. And we're yeah. still waiting for Lou. I know I just hit him up to call in now, but we've got some fights Saturday night, Jack DeGale and Pedraza Davis. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to – let's preview Pedraza Davis, which is the co-feature, Jay. And I think Lou is here. Perfect timing. Bring on Lou. Let's bring him on. Good morning, Lou DeBella. <laughs> Good late morning. How are you? Um, I, I, I'm all right. I, I, I'm, I'm lying here hoping I'm not getting the flu during fight week. But, um, oh. but I, I'm all right. I'll suck it up. You know, it's fight week. And, and it's yeah. a great part. It is. Lou, did you, I don't know if you listened earlier, if you saw our Twitter, Jay had a wish in 2017 that you would go 24 hours without cursing. Can that happen? Can that ever happen? No fucking way. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no I, I, actually, to be honest with you, it really can happen. So I, I, will, I, will begin my, I, I will begin, in fact, a week right now of not cursing starting this second. Unless you guys say something really messed up, I will go through fight through the fight this Saturday without cursing. Until the post fight press conference because it's just too much fun to curse that. <laughs> okay. All right. So look, we want to preview Pedraza Davis. So, you know, we were going to talk about the fight a little bit. We got junior light uh, title holder Pedraza of Puerto Rico. He's going to defend his world title for the third time. He takes on Gervonta Tank Davis, who is a dynamic 22-year-old kid from Baltimore, and this is probably the biggest step up in competition for him. Yeah. Hey, look, it's, it's, it's probably also the toughest defense for Pedraza. Um, 
you know, because Davis is hungry. He's got that Mayweather, you know, push behind him. Um, you know, Does he a, really, a, though? I know you get along with I know you get along with Davis, but he's sort of a mean, nasty little kid too. You know, he's got really bad intentions in the ring. Um, you know, it's a tough fight, but I, I, I think Pedraza is a little bit too polished and experienced, and and I have a feeling that this is the fight that Pedraza really steps up. You know, I was going to suggest the same. I think Pedraza is a really good fighter. He has way more experience, and he's been on these big stages before. Tank, you know, I know he's had like 200 and some wins in the amateurs, but there's levels. You know, this is the pros now. And um, I think he's been going through a lot outside of the rings. It's dealing with Floyd and some of their personal issues. But I do think he's hungry. I think he's a strong bully, you know. But I just think mentally, I think Pedraza is that much stronger than him mentally. Um, I think Pedraza is stronger than him mentally. I also think Pedraza has really made an effort to fight to promote himself and um, use social media and get out there more. I'm, I'm liking some of what I'm seeing. You know, but Pedraza is a very level-headed kid, and he works very hard. And, um, you know, he's you, you use the term um, sort of bully for, for Davis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's not necessarily the best thing in the world to have that bully mentality when you're a yeah. fighter, particularly when you're not a super experienced fighter and you haven't been there yet. You know, because if you don't have your way, early in that fight or mid in the middle of that fight if, if things aren't going your way and that's your mentality it's difficult to change course um, you know objectively as a fan not just as his promoter um, I like Pedraza in this fight I mean Davis mm-hmm. can bang dangerous so you can't you know take it lightly um, but just on the basis of of his demeanor and the experience and, and, and how calm uh, and controlled he is, uh, I like the process. Yeah, so is there anything that Tank can bring to the ring that Pedraza hasn't seen before? I mean, because that's where I'm at with it. I'm looking at who Pedraza's fought. He's fought some good guys, you know, and I'm like, is there anything special that Tank can bring that Pedraza hasn't seen? Because I think there's a million things Pedraza could bring to the ring that Tank has not seen. I mean, not really, because, you know, the, the only thing I would normally say is a, a shorter guy that can punch, but Pedraza's been Michael Farinas and, and some guys that can bang. So um, I, I don't think that there's anything that, that he's bringing into the ring that that Jose hasn't seen before. Um, and, you know, he'll make the argument, Davis, that, he, that Jose's not bringing in anything that he hasn't seen mm-hmm. before. There's, but there's a big gap difference between seeing things in the pro and seeing things in the amateurs and seeing things when they're, you know, there's a full lower bowl in the Barclays Center and seeing things in an amateur setting. So uh, I think the advantage on experience and what they've been exposed to um, goes heavily to Jose. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think we agree. So if Pedraza does come out victorious, um, what does this fight set him up for? I mean, beating Javante Davis, what does that really do? Or is there, you know, a bigger picture in mind? Um, there's a bigger picture in mind. And, and, I, and I think that, um, well, first of all, there's a bigger picture in mind, but you don't want to look past the fight like this. Right. Um, I don't think Jose has um, very many 30-pound fights left in him. Uh, you know, unless mm. 
some huge matchup at 30 uh, materialized. Next, I think the likelihood is Jose may want to move to 35, where mm. there's more money, you know, and more action. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you have guys like Mikey Garcia's, Latikanen, uh, Krola, Linares, you know. Big name. Uh, Flanagan, Verdejo. Um, I, I think the longer he fights and the more he builds his resume, um, I think maybe he's uh, maturing with respect to that, you know, the realization of, of what a Verdejo Pedraza fight could mean. Uh, mm. um, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't move up to 35 for the right opportunity. But, uh, but, but I mean, I think this is the first step and what he wants to be a big year. Um, you know, he wants to fight at least three times this year. Uh, he wants to move up to 35, and he wants to have a marquee matchup. Wow, sounds good. Good for him. It sounds like he's, like, finally got it. You know, for a while there, we didn't really hear from him. And you're right, we're starting to see him more on social media. He's doing more interviews. I read something on Boxing Team today where he said Javante Davis is, like, a cheap Mayweather knockoff. I'm like, ooh, so that's good. He's getting out there and yeah, he's picking up. He's getting a little. He's getting a little chippier. He's getting a. He's getting a little nastier, and, and he needed to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, he did. And, and also, um, you know, I, I've always had a good relationship with the kid, but but the relationship between the kid's father and myself has gotten better. You know, we're communicating. So I, I uh, you know, I, I think you know he needs to he needs to win this fight. Uh, he needs to do it to do it, you know, convincingly, I think, you know, um, to, to win clearly. And then I think this could be a very big year for him. Hmm. Well, that's, that's great, Lou. So let's talk about the main event. Let's, let's preview this one. Before huh? we talk about the main event, because literally like the Showtime Extreme, um, double head, double header that precedes the, the two, uh, you know, the main event and the co-feature, it's really one of the best extremes that they've ever done and the most interesting. And, um, you know, in the opening bout on extreme, Yefgan Kitrov, who's the number two WBC contender at middleweight, is fighting Emmanuel Aline, who's undefeated, originally from the New York area. I think he lives in Maryland now. Um, mm-hmm. Battle between two undefeated middleweights. And the winner is going to get into that that tournament that the BC ordered at their convention, a four-man tournament, to determine the mandatory for the winner of uh, of Golovkin and Jacobs. So Ooh, wow. that, that's a meaningful fight, a middleweight between two undefeated middleweights. You know, Heatrov lives in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, it's a really good fight. And then, you know, I—I'm I, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, your show extreme undercards, Lou, and most of your undercards are usually really, really great. <laughs> They're sometimes better well, than, than the network cards. Well, I, look, I, I, the people I work with, are, are you know, they, they know my philosophy on, on undercards. And Steven, particularly where we've done um, uh, the Showtime shows at the Barclays, he's really worked with me to let me, um, let me advance that, that sort of... Uh, you know, it's a pet peeve of mine when people pay good money for tickets and they walk into an arena and they see a shit undercard. And, and it's yeah. So I just I just cursed. 
It, it, it's a pet peeve of me. Put a read and see a four on the card. And um, and it's a pet peeve. You know, it, it annoys me when I hear from my my friends who are UFC fans or MMA fans that the undercards are generally better at uh, in mixed martial arts. So, you know, the last couple of years, I've really made it a, a cause, you know, to to make sure that those under, the undercards on the shows I do are very, very strong. And, and I got to tell you, it's not, like, that common. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, go to fights all over the place. Um, I, I don't see a lot of criticism coming from the, the West Coast sycophant crowd about what they're getting on their undercards, but um, you see a lot of really poor undercards in boxing. And, and some of the time, you see really, really poor undercards where people are paying $70 for pay-per-view, you yeah. know? And, and that's not okay. That's not okay. Because it, it doesn't cost a fortune. It doesn't cost crazy money to make a good undercard. It, it just costs – you, you need some work. You need the willingness to have a fighter uh, or two lose when you don't expect them to. Yep. But you mm-hmm. don't have to break the bank to make a really good undercard. I, I mentioned earlier that not only do we need the must-see fights this year, but along the lines of what you're talking about, you know, the promoters and everyone, they need to have a little more respect for the ticket-buying customers who are shelling out the money and the decent dollars for the fights because we want a good undercard, too. I totally agree. But, but before you get even to the Showtime Extreme, Adam Kaunaki, who's undefeated up and coming, you know, heavyweight, is fighting in a, you know, a kid with a great record who's, you know, one of his tougher tests. Um, Julian Sosa, who's a big ticket seller in New York, um, you know, considered one of the better prospects in New York, is fighting his biggest test, another undefeated kid from New York. You know, they're aware of each other. Um, you know, those are the kind of fights you need so that even people are coming early because they want to get the value of their tickets. They want to see good fights. Um, they're going to get good fights. And, and you know what? In, in mixed martial arts, People tend the crowd tends to arrive earlier because their expectation for what they're at is greater, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's you hear. I I want to give people the expectation that when they arrive early, they're going to get good entertainment. You know, and speaking of which, the main event on on Extreme is, is somewhat historic. You know, it's the first uh, televised legitimate women's world title fight in like a decade, and uh, that's right. You know, Amanda Serrano, who's uh, a four-time, four-division world champion, is fighting Yasmin Rivas, uh, who's a, a, a former world champion, a, a three-time, three-division world champion. And it, it's a classic, you know, Puerto Rican versus Mexican, you know, mm-hmm. type of time with the ladies. And yet, you know, anyone, anyone who goes on YouTube and looks at, at fight, you know, past fights, uh, of Amanda knows she's got tremendous skill and power. But if you look at, at footage of Yasmin Rivas, you know, the woman can really fight. So mm-hmm. that, it's the main event on Extreme. So that's the first time any Showtime, you know, show, level show, has had a woman's fight in the main event. That's excellent. Well, good for you, Lou, because if it weren't for you, that would not have happened and it would not happen in 2017 we we were saying earlier that another wish list of ours this year is to continue to see women's boxing evolve 
and you have been the pioneer and the trailblazer in doing that. And, you know, Heather, Heather Hardy stole the show last year, and Clarissa Shields stole the undercard of that terrible pay-per-view card. And, you know, so there's something there, and you've been campaigning for this, and you've been fighting for this, and you get all the credit in my book. No, I appreciate that. You know, and you know it's unfortunate, though, even on that pay-per-view card, that Clarissa Shields fight should have been televised live. You know, and, and particularly with the direct they gave you on the pay-per-view, you know, um, we, you know, there's women have earned the right. You know, I, I, I am a champion for this because, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy that when like, like I, I, um, I jump on a train or, or something becomes like a cause for me, I, I tend not to be able to jump off or stop riding it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so these undercards are a bit, been a cause for me, women's boxing, you know, has been, um, you know, what, what, one of my other causes for the year is the first one, what I just got to take things easier and take boxing less seriously, you know, <laughs> otherwise for a while, I'm going to wind up like shortening my life. Um, oh. but, but, I, but, but I think that, um, look, I'm optimistic with the way the year is started. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of really good shows on the horizon to be the January 28th show in, in uh, and uh, Vegas is terrific, and and you know we have uh, you know we're going to be announcing. Uh, look, everyone knows March fourth is is Thurman Garcia or Garcia Thurman, however you want to you want to call it, and most people know it's going to be in Brooklyn. Um, the when are you announcing the, that? Like formally? I, I wish it was last week, but I'm, I'm hoping for. Uh, I'd like to in the next 24 hours. And honestly, mm. we're just waiting for the network part of the announcement. Um, but, 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 I mean, look, obviously it's been written a bunch of places, and I think the secret is out. But I'd like to go on sale. Um, I, think, I think I have a tremendous event, and I'd like to go on sale. Um, and then, look, I'm happy that, that the Danny you know, challenge, you know, the Danny Triple G fight, you know, you know I, I think that Triple G and Danny is a fight that uh, obviously is high quality and, 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 you know, you have four major fight cards right there in March. And then mixed in with that, I got a great show box on February 10th. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of boxing action early in the year. So uh, I'm hoping, uh, you know, I, I see some good things. I mean, the, the only trend that's troubling me a little bit to start 217 is already I'm seeing fights that really, really would elevate boxing if they were on premium cable or other fights that simply aren't that amazing, whether they're on premium cable or not. And I see this stuff moving to pay-per-view and I'm shaking my head because it's so bad for the business. You know, that, that, that's the only thing I'm seeing as a trend that's starting this year that, that bothers me a little bit. Yeah. It's, I think we need fewer pay-per-views, not more. You know, we, we don't have any, you know, there is no, you know, uh, Million buy, Mayweather's no, yeah. it retired. There's no million buy, or even half a million buy, uh, pay per view fights sitting out there, and this move of uh, of pushing stuff where people in this economy, their cable bills are already you know significant. You know, seventy dollars to to watch a boxing card where you could turn on your TV at almost any hour of the day or night and there's combat sports playing on some network. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't. I don't think that's good for the sport. And Lou, you know, you don't realize it until the cable bill comes in. Because, for example, I opened right. up my cable bill the other day, and we bought Pacquiao Vargas. I didn't go to Vegas for that, and my sister uh, was here for Kovalev. Uh, Ward, and she bought that one. And I got the bill, and I'm like, why is my bill $160 more this month? And it was like, wow, those two pay-per-views really did me in. <laughs> Absolutely. It's expensive. We're poor. Look, I mean, what, one of the things I could tell you, and I'm going to give you guys a jump on on the announcements that are going to be made because you were nice yes. to have me on today. Um, you know, one of the things, like, when you look, look, I think Golovkin and Jacobs are, is a terrific fight, but they're going out with extremely, extremely high ticket prices. Like, yeah. extremely high. And I made a real effort when you see the scaling for for the Thurman Garcia show, you're going to see the ticket scaling is, you know, roughly sort of 50% lower. You know? Wow. Wow. I mean, it's almost scaled you know, like when you average it out, it's, you know, about, you know, hey, that's because I want more people there. Now, the the Golovkin-Jacobs uh, fight is, is on pay-per-view, and, and, and I'll, 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 you know, look, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll probably buy it myself. I, I think with the performance it's going to have in the old days of HBO, that would have been a live HBO fight. HBO would have paid mm-hmm. the money for a live HBO fight. But here's a choice that fans are going to be, some fans are going to have that don't have an endless amount of money. You can go live to the Barclays Center and watch, if, you, if, 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 if you're like limited on your budget, you can go to the Barclays Center if you're in, in this, anywhere within, you know, traveling distance in New York and go to the fight live for the, for the cost of watching the pay-per-view a couple of weeks later. You know, and you know, in my mind, that's you know, you don't generally want to see that kind of a kind of decision making process. You know, yeah, you, you don't want the fans that, to have to hope, pick, right? You, you hope that the fight, you hope that the fights that go pay per view go pay per view because there's no other choice because they're so big that there's no way in the world that they they could go someplace else. And, and, and now it seems that you know, it's, sometimes it's a it's, it's a little bit of greed. Sometimes it's um, crazy, stupid deals that were made with fighters that certain promotional companies that may not know so much uh, can't possibly fulfill without trying pay-per-view, even though it's not going to work. And, and and sometimes it's because budgets have changed, you know, with the networks. It, it's not just our biggest product that's going, you know, to pay-per-view. And, and, and I don't, you know, sometimes I don't mind seeing, look, look, they're, they're a niche for pay-per-views that you know promoters put together and it's a matter of choice for the fighter and if they didn't do the pay-per-view another network wouldn't pick it up and and i'm not against that in any way or whatever i i just think we're making it really hard for our hardcore boxing fans and i don't think our demographic honestly i don't think our demographic of athletes is the is you know are the wealthiest athletes and i don't think our demographic of fans are the wealthiest people no, so it's a have, poor man's sport. You hear it all the time. Boxing is a poor man's sport. From the fans to the fighters to the promoters, most of everybody is poor for a long time. Well, when, when, when you go out there and if you put half a dozen, you put half a dozen fights on pay-per-view in a year, 500 bucks like, yeah, you know, in, that in that neighborhood. 
Like, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's, that's significant. And, and I got to tell you, like, you, you, need, you know, and, and again, I want all our fans to see, you know, uh, the, the Gale and, and, you know, Jack and the Gale. And, and the ticket prices this weekend, the, you know, the VIP rates are 300 bucks, and, and the tickets go all the way down to $25. And I think that's one of the reasons we're selling, you know, well, right now, you know, we had the holidays in between, whatever I need, a, we need a good week, you know, this week. But, but you know, we're, we're not giving tickets away, and you're going to see the lower bowl, which is how we set it up. You're going to see that lower bowl, you know, looking really full, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a good crowd. But I think we, 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 priced, it, we priced it appropriately. And, yeah, but there um, seems to be some type of lack of, interest or excitement is it because the one guy is from switzerland and the other guy is from is british or you know what it just doesn't feel like a big fight week for some reason and we've all wanted to see this fight well, Our- I, I i i think you have like you know one guy's from sweden you, you're close to sweden not switzerland and the other guys and, and the other guy's british um that's got a little bit to do with it. There's not a, you know, neither guy uh, is, is a, a big natural ticket seller in New York. But it's actually doing okay. And, and I think that, um, you know, that, that, that might be part of it. I think another part of it uh, is, is, you know, literally the, when you have a fight that comes right after, and I've promoted so many of them that come right after the new year, like pretty much people shut down from around, oh, yeah. I don't know, like, like mid mid late this like like sort of that that December fifteenth to seventeenth area until January until like today like until January fifth sixth it's people sort of slow down and shut down and by the way they're looking at college football they're looking you know the bowl game I mean the championship game is tonight you know the the uh, college championship game is tonight the you know the Giants played and, and I'm still depressed uh, you know their, their playoff game yesterday um, so I, I think it's just a bunch of factors you know um, I also think that there's an, you know it's, it's, it's not we're doing pretty well actually we're going to have a good crowd we're going to have a really big crowd we're not papering the house if people want to go they're actually going to have to buy their ticket um, which by the way is the norm for most of what we've done in Brooklyn is we really have a good paper in the house because we've been having success. And, and, uh, and we also, you know, we have two different setups. We have a setup for, for, for a, uh, a Jack the Gale fight, which is, you know, the lower bowl. And by the way, the, the, the thing about a lower bowl setup is that your more inexpensive seats are sensational seats. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, there are no nosebleeds because they don't go on sale. You know, there are, there's approximately, you know, 8,000 seats that, that are available to the public when you do the kind of setup we have for, for Saturday, you know, night. And, um, and, and we're doing pretty well. Like right now, there's about 5,000 of those seats are sold. So I'm expecting a, a, a big week. And I think there's a chance that we're going to, you know, we're going to get to close to, to the whole bowl being full. That's awesome. Let me ask you a couple questions before you wrap, before you wrap, Lou. One, can you give us a little sneaky tip on what the network portion of the announcement is that we're waiting for for Garcia Thurman? So that's number one. And number two, 
capitalizing on this 2017 momentum, we want to know what's on your 2017 boxing wish list. Hmm. Good question. Um, I, I, look, the first one on, on, on the network announcement, obviously, like, I can't really give you the, you know. Uh, Is it CBS? It, I, I, no, <laughs> well, that's, look. You can plead the fifth. It's okay. That plead is, the fifth. There lies the question, okay? But I think I think here's here's what I could say. Steven Espinoza, um, the people around uh, Thurman and Garcia, the fighters themselves, the promoter, all of us, our greatest desire is to see that fight seen by as many people as possible. So I think that that gives you a little bit of clue about where people, what people would like to see happen. But, you okay. know, there, there, there are schedules and there are things that have to be moved around and there are decisions that have to be made at much higher levels than us. So that stuff is being literally being worked out right now. Um, Excellent. I always think, though, like this is a consistent thing. I always think you're better off seeing having a fight available to more eyeballs than fewer. You know, it's funny because not every like fight that was on um like what are the smaller networks that PBC was using like um I'm, I'm spacing out right now bounce what bounce TV oh yeah like bounce okay more people watched the average fight on bounce last year than the average pay-per-view yeah that's true wow I mean, that's so, so, like, you want fights available to more eyeballs because more people see them. And if you have a great fight and you can make that great fight available to more people, then it's so much better for the sport. You know, so I don't have the answer to your question, but the answer, I'm going to guess that that answer is going to pop up very, very quickly, like uh, b- before Jack DeGale. And, Perfect. Uh, and then with respect to what I want to see this year, I mean, I want to see, I, w- I want answers to what happened in New York and, and try to figure out why they're trying to hurt the boxing industry in New York. I want to be able to promote Broadway boxing again in New York, not just Jack DeGale, not just Thurman Garcia. You know, uh, I, I don't want our New York fights to be limited to six or seven big fight cards a year and a hundred cards that were done among many promoters, a lot, you know, a lot of whom, you know, you're, you're not even familiar with, but smaller promoters, guys that aren't, some people that aren't as well known as myself, um, who, who contribute to the success of, of boxing in, in, uh, in New York. Look, to, put, to give it perspective, if this law was in effect in, in, um, in Pennsylvania, where I know, uh, RBU do a lot of stuff when my friend Russell Pelts promotes. There'd be no show. Mm-hmm. Right. No and and right now, you know, we solved the problem and we have insurance for the 14th. We'll have insurance for the big show. But something smelly went on here and is going on that's stopping the boxing industry from operating um, in a way that has been uh, it, it, its tradition for for how you know for literally uh hundreds of years and 
and we need to be able to do small shows again. So I, that, I, I want to see that happen. I, I want to see a continuation of the kind of fights um, we're starting, you know, the year with. Um, and, and honestly, this is going to sound like crunchy granola or whatever, and maybe coming from me too. Um, but like, but honestly, like, like this, like I, I go on Twitter and like, you know, look, I, you know, I'm a fan of you, you ladies, because I think that you're enthusiastic. I think you call things as you see them. I don't think you kiss people's rear ends, but I also don't think you go out of your way to hurt people. And, and like, you know, I, there, there are days I wake up and I look at my timeline and I'm like, do I really want, I mean, if I'm not, if I wasn't so successfully <laughs> my product on yeah. social media, I get off of it because, yeah. it, like, boxing social media is full of a lot of people that need to get a life. It's and nasty. Like, no, it's nasty and it's mean. And, 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 and honestly, here's what I miss. I, I miss the sport that I got into a long time ago. Like, you know, at this point, it's like well over 25 years ago. But back then, if Aaron was doing a fight card, other, like other promoters would simply sit there with him having drinks and, and having dinner. People, people would go to other people's cards if they were good enough. People would socialize. No one rooted for the failure of anybody else. Writers didn't hate one, one promoter for no apparent reason or hate one manager or blame one person for the problems in the sport. They weren't spewing venom and hatred. Podcasts weren't like nasty and, and, and hard to listen to. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was sort of like, you know, not that it was Disneyland. It never was. It was always Dodge City. But, like, but it was like there, there was like a collegial attitude in the industry. And now it's a nasty, mean, rotten industry with an overwhelming number of, like, miscreants, misanthropes, and people that really need to have sex with somebody. And, <laughs> and, and I just, like, I just want to see it, like, I, I'd like to see things go back a little bit to the way they used to be, where we rooted for the success of our business, we rooted for the success of our sport, and we didn't sit around hating on people just for the, the sport and hell of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm speechless. And you didn't curse. Yes, Lou. Very good. Lou got through all that. No, there were no four-letter words. There we go. Well, thanks for having me, ladies. Look, people should, like, get their tickets. Seriously, get them now. If you want, um, the ringsides are really good seats. Like, you know, plenty of seats available. The ringsides are really good seats, though, which are really reasonably priced. Those are, are, are flying out. So, like, you know, call Ticketmaster.com or Barclay Center, uh, you know, .com or go to the box office and get your tickets. And then for people that, you know, for, the, for those who are sick of paying $70 for pay-per-view, well, you could pay 25 bucks or a, a ticket that's still a good ticket. You can pay 40 bucks for 50 bucks. I mean, you know, someone went online yesterday and was commenting that he paid, spent $68 and he couldn't believe how great his seats were to Jack mm-hmm. the Gale. Literally, you can do that. You can go out there and you can get tickets for, for well under 100 bucks and have really, really terrific seats for, for the first big boxing show of, of 2017. So I urge people to go out there and get their, get their seats. All right. You heard it. Thank you, thank you, ladies. Have a good week. Thanks, All right, Lou. you too, Lou. Bye bye. <laughs> he just he just cut us off. <laughs> he <laughs> said, "All right, I'm out. Enough for you. I'm out." <laughs> we I'm couldn't out. even say Happy New Year. Not and just <laughs> bye, ladies. 
I'm out. He said he he got to go set this bowl up. He's out. <laughs> anyway, we're going to wrap up here, too. We got two minutes, but uh, we're going to give our quick breakdown and our quick prediction on Zach DeGale this Saturday night. Badu Jack, James DeGale, they're putting their super middleweight titles on the line. They last appeared together on Showtime last April in D.C. That was about nine months ago. This fight probably did take a little too long to make. Um, I think both Badu Jack and James DeGale have blamed each other for the delay. Word on the curb is that DeGale did want a whole lot of moolah. But the reality is there just wasn't enough dates. And most Heyman fighters only fight one or two times a year anyway. Um, Jay, I think both fighters are really confident going into this fight. I think Badu Jack's last three fights were probably tougher. He has fought Anthony Durrell, George Groves, and Lucian Butte. And DeGale's last three have been Andre Durrell, Lucian Butte, and Porky Medina, which he went the distance with him. I think it's clear that DeGale is starting to show his age. Um, just by going the distance with Porky Medina, he really wasn't able to hold his own ground. He looked a little tired. His legs looked weak. And, you know, he's been inactive for nine months. Um Badu Jack seems to put in a lot of effort. He has seemed to, like, be reincarnated. He's a blue-collar type of fighter. You know, his good jab works the body well, makes the most out of his talent. I'm going with Badu Jack by unanimous decision. It's a great match. DeGill, you know, like we, among his attributes, he is a smart boxer. He does a really good job of cutting off the ring. He's aggressive offensively. Won his last three fights by decision, uh, you know, some, some, somewhat, somewhat uh, life or death with Porky Medina, as you mentioned. Badu Jack is a well-balanced fighter. He has a really great jab. He's got some good knockout power. He does have a habit of lunging forward when he's punching, but he's still fun to watch. I'm going to go with you and pick Badu Jack as the winner. Badu Jack is really breaking out and coming into his own. And if he's victorious in great fashion in this fight, there's just no stopping him. And it would be it'll be very interesting to see what happens to him, especially because there's a possibility possibility of Golovkin moving up in the future. There's Zerto Ramirez out there. There's a lot of things that could happen with him. So I'm gonna go with my girl RB and pick Badu Jack by decision for the win this weekend. All right. Hey, can I get your official pick? For Pedraza Davis, we didn't even give our pick. Lou was spilling tea. <clears throat> yeah, she sure was. I'm, you know, we gonna get that network tea. But okay, so Pedraza Davis. Pedraza's got those quick hands. Javante Davis got that knockout power. I think Pedraza, as the more experienced fighter, just will have more tools to utilize to pull out a victory. I'm going to pick Pedraza by split decision over Javante Davis. Oh, I really don't even want to make a pick in this fight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you that in my heart, I would love to see Javante Davis win for many, many, many reasons. I think he's been treated like shit by some people on his promotional team. Um, I think he is really hungry. I think he's been training his ass off. And I just think he's had a really rough 2016. He was really inactive, but my heart, I, I would love to see the kid win. But I agree with you, Jay. Pedraza is more seasoned. He is experienced. And that will be uh, likely who will win. But I'm going to go with Tank. All right. 
It's going to be a good fight. We're going to take it in. We're going to watch it. You're going to hear from RB&J. Make sure you follow us on Twitter on Fight Night so we can break it down and make you laugh a little bit, too, because we're good at that. <laughs> Coming up this week in the weekend fight schedule on Friday, as you know, January 13th on Spike TV. Eric Landy Lara versus Yuri Foreman. Go ahead and get your popcorn and wings or something. <laughs> or margarita. Who knows? And also on that card, Anthony Durrell versus Norba Nemespati. On Saturday, as you heard from Lou, make sure you check out the bowl setup. We've got James DeGale versus Badu Jack, and we've got Jose Pedraza versus Javante Davis. You just heard our picks. Make sure you tune in with us again on Monday, next Monday after the fight, so we can chop it all up and see what happens all right sounds good well we are going to wrap up thank you for joining us today catch us every monday morning we are back in 2017 from 8 to 9 a.m it's the morning punch and show thank you for making us part of your day rb and j is the wrap